0: strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah,
1: the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. Thank you for joining us with the Volks. My name is Shelley.
2: And my name is June. Hi everyone.
1: We hope that you've been with us this week as well as last week because we are in the midst of a very important season. This is the season of the Fall Feasts of the Lord. And actually, the literal translation is appointed times of the Lord. And this applies to all of us, whether we come from a Jewish background like Junie and I, or a Gentile background, because this is our inheritance. And we need to remember that Jesus said, I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And as we spoke yesterday and on Monday, that what was laid out in the feasts, in most of the feasts, the only one that has not been fulfilled is the Feast of Tabernacles which we'll talk about next week, we need to see that everything regarding the appointed times of the Lord were prophetic happenings that Jesus was was to come and fulfill, which he did. So there's a dramatic link between the Hebrew Scriptures as well as the New Covenant.
2: And Shelley, uh, that called the Feasts of the Lord. So when you think of a feast... You think of rejoicing and eating and um, uh, uh, rejoicing. I don't know what else to say, but I had asked the Lord, you know, what are you feasting about? Why are these called the feasts of the Lord? And I believe the Lord imparted to me that he will be feasting because of all that he fulfilled for you, Shelley, for me, for every one of all listeners For the lost and dying world, that he became our atonement for our sin, our iniquity, and our transgression.
1: Amen. That's what we spoke of yesterday in detail, because we need to see that without being born again, we are living in iniquity, sin, and transgression. And through the two goats, one being the sin offering which was slaughtered and its blood was put on the mercy seat, And the other scapegoat, in other words, the the high priest laid his hands on the scapegoat and imparted the sins of humanity onto him that allowed us to live free from sin, transgression, as well as iniquity.
2: But what we're talking about, and I think it's important to clarify, Shelley, is that in the Old Testament, Israel was a nation that were given instructions or Torah or the law to follow these directions. So the sin of Israel was put on the scapegoat. And uh, God forgave their sins because of this scapegoat. And the same thing for the uh, goat that was slaughtered. It was the blood of the goat that God acknowledged that the sins of Israel were forgiven for them. And it wasn't until Jesus came and uh, was born the King of the Jews and died the King of the Jews, Shelley, that he not only died for Israel, but he died for the world, even as we read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, for whosoever should believe in him would have life eternal. So it's so important to see this as a foreshadow of what Jesus did for us on the cross.
1: In other words, the background for what he accomplished was laid out in the Hebrew Scriptures. It's an amazing, amazing uh, revelation, and we pray it comes to you that uh, Jesus didn't do this, let's say haphazardly, but there was a plan by God before the foundation of the world, and Jesus came to fulfill what so many of the appointed times of the Lord uh, previewed, you might say, Also, we see the whole issue of transgression, sin, and iniquity spelled out in Exodus. In fact, in Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, we read these words, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. So it's just a theme throughout the Old Testament, Juni, and it was fulfilled and brought to a conclusion at the cross by Jesus. And if, we
2: talked yesterday about Isaiah 53 and the different verses that show that he died for our transgressions.
1: Our sins.
2: And our iniquities. Amen.
1: If you have your Bible, turn with us to one of the most powerful Psalms in the in the scriptures, and that is Psalm 51, written by David. Okay? Be gracious to me, O God, according to thy lovingkindness, according to the greatness of thy compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. We see it again, these three things, sin, iniquity, and transgression. This was a repentant psalm when Nathan came to David to talk about his sin, transgression, and iniquity. Verse 3. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in thy sight, so that thou art justified when thou dost speak, and blameless when thou dost judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, thou dost desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part thou wilt make me know wisdom.
2: Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. When I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you.
1: Junie, you know, we just have to stop for a minute because this is so powerful. And this is a pattern for all of us to get hold of because David was bound up. He was a slave because he couldn't shake these things. But yet, God is a God who wants us to repent, that we could be repenting over our iniquities, our transgressions, and our sin, then be able to be used by God to instruct others.
2: Well, if we really look at it, Shelley, David's parents were married. So you would say, why was he born in iniquity? So we need to see that iniquity is the nature of the fallen man. Every man, woman, and child since the first Adam were born in iniquity. And that's why Jesus came, that he would deliver us from the evil one we all belong to the evil one until we're born again that's why Shelley Jesus said to the Jews that your father is the devil and the Jews, Israel at the time Jesus walked the earth were the believers in the earth of the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob so Jesus saying that showed that they needed to be born again and you're not a Christian or you don't become um, uh, how could I say Christ-like because you go to church or you go to a Bible study or you pray we can only become Christ-like or Mashiach-like, Messiah-like when we ask the Lord into our heart and we ask him to forgive us for our transgressions for our sin, for our iniquity and to create in us, Shelley a clean heart and to renew a right spirit within us. And that's what happens when we're born again.
1: So this and the Day of Atonement was a groundwork for what happened with Jesus, but we need to realize it had to happen every every year. So the, the we see that it can go so far with the um, foreshadows, but something more is needed, and that something more is really a someone And that someone is Messiah Jesus.
2: And we see written in Hebrews chapter 9 verses 13 and 14 a confirmation of what you're saying, Shelley. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more? will the blood of the Messiah or the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And that really is the difference right here, Shelley, that God acknowledged and forgave Israel through the um, blood sacrifice of the animals as called for in Leviticus but it couldn't cleanse the conscience of man. It was an external uh, shedding of blood that God accepted but with Jesus not only was his blood shed for us but it becomes internal when we ask him to come into our life And what he does, Shelley, he washes away our transgression, our iniquity, and our sin with his blood. He washes us clean, which means our conscience becomes clean.
1: And we see, Junie, how Jesus fulfilled in that act on the cross that which was foreshadowed by the two goats, one being a sin offering by the shedding of his blood, but we see that Jesus fulfilled also what the second goat did. He not only cleansed us by his blood, he not only took our sins upon himself, but he delivered us from the power of transgression, sins, and iniquity by being made sin. And you've referred to this throughout the course of this week, Junie. The scripture references 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is so powerful. And I just pray, we need to pray, Junie, that every one of our listeners will see the dramatic link between the foreshadowing and the fulfillment in Jesus that we have been delivered, delivered from the power of sin, from the power of transgressions, and from the power of iniquities because of what the Messiah did at Calvary.
2: And as David wrote Psalm 51, yes, Lord. Jesus will return as the greater David and sit on the, th- the throne of David in Jerusalem.
1: Hallelujah. Thank we you, thank Lord. you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, thank for you, Lord. your compassion and mercy to each one of us, yes. Jew and Gentile alike, that we've been delivered and now can be used by you to glorify your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen.